What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news, the latest topics with a touch of what, Terence? Touch of humor. That we hope, we hope it has a touch of humor. We hope. Yeah, we hope. Because yeah. sometimes the jokes we make are, only, are funny to no one else except us. Yeah, and sometimes the, the the topics are so they're so big and so serious that wow, how do you even find humor in that man? That's a crazy yeah, thing, exactly. Right? And I mean, full disclosure, we were gonna record a podcast last night on Sunday, twenty ninth August, but just after that, you know, PM Lee spoke, and there was so much to talk about. So we thought, okay, let's just push it back by one day. Yeah. Um, but before before we go into the topics, uh, one thing I must also say, you know what episode this is, or not? Yes, it is our. Uh uh, bicentennial episode. By fucking centennial, two hundred episodes of Yalaba. Yeah. No? two hundred episodes. That means like at an average of like an hour per episode. There's two hundred hours of both of us talking, mm. which individually, yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. Like two hundred hours, and and I mean, yeah, I was just thinking, right? If you've been listening to us for a long time, um, let's say let's say if you you have a good friend and you meet them like once once a month, mm. right? You hang out for. I don't know, three hours, mm. right? So essentially, we have been that friend who you have met like uh, once a month, three hours. That's like 70 of those meetings, uh, 70 months. So you know us for six years. Whoa. Actually, yeah, that, that's pretty much like the, I would say it's, it's up there like, in terms of the, the thinking about um, how much time you actually ha- have uh, with your friends for the rest of your life. Like. I think I think I, yeah, sh- I shared exactly. the video before, the, the video essay. That it basically yeah. says like it, you know the the next time you meet the your friends, end, right? yeah, it might be the is the tail end of your friendship already, like pretty much. So yeah, it's pretty crazy, yeah. But I guess this is a one way friendship, lah. Unless you have been commenting on our <laughs> wonderful subreddit, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If not, you've just been uh, what like audio stalkers, like audio stalkers of our voice. But we are That's also okay. still very appreciative. Yeah, I just heard from someone today who said he listens to our podcast while showering. Oh, shower. oh that's a new one, huh? That's a new Showering, one. Yeah. Like, Showering, yeah. As you're like leathering your whole body and everything. Our yeah, we're like, there <laughs> with you. With you. <laughs> Whispering in your ear. Yeah, yeah don't miss the spot. My friend, don't miss spot. Lather up. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. All right, well, well, what are we plugging today before we, we move on to the hot topics? I think... Maybe just a general plug. Yeah. Huh? Why don't you just give a general plug? The general plug is that if this podcast, you know, any of our 200 episodes and any episodes going forward, if they have made you think, if they have made you a little more informed of the latest happenings, please just help uh, refer or send the link to someone you know who might not have heard of us mm. because our, our podcast continues to grow. Our wonderful subreddit has, I think, 1,500 members now and growing strong. So, yeah, we're going to keep churning the shit out, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, cool. today's topics, both topics are... Huh? Big, big, mm. big, 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 big topics. I mean, we, we try to look at one serious topic and one slightly less serious topic every week, but it feels like it wouldn't be um, complete if we just ignored those two giant white elephants in the room, right? Yeah, correct, correct. And remember the, the, the color of the elephant uh, is very relevant to yes, the topic. Yes, uh. yes, yes, the color uh, of the elephant. Was like the, to the first topic uh, about, yeah. about color and race. Yes, Right and, and and this is fresh off the press lah. Yep. Uh, actually, it's fresh overnight lah because mm. last night um our dear PM Lee had 
the the twenty twenty one National Day Rally. Mm. I think mm. he he mentioned that he did not have a rally last year, which I didn't even realize. Yeah, there was no of rally, COVID, right? Yeah. Oh shit! Not even an online one over Zoom. No, 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 there was no, nothing. There yeah, yeah, there wasn't. God damn. Yeah. But yeah, he he spoke in uh Chinese Malay. I assume Tamil. Yes. No, no Tamil. Oh, just Chinese, yeah. Malay, and English. Yep, yep, correct. That's right. Right. So, so I only watched the English one. Mm. Um. Uh. And and I mean, there's so much chatter about it, but the reason why it fucking lit the internet on fire mm. is because, um, in his Chinese speech, yes, he apparently said, and I quote, um, that it is entirely baseless to claim that there is Chinese privilege in Singapore. Oh, oh, Terence's favorite topic, the and by like. Yeah, the the, the P word. Yeah. My not favorite topic, but an important topic that I think is always worth talking about. Yeah. Um we, but, just to but, clarify, just to clarify, the speech was in Chinese, right? Yeah. So that, that line was taken from the Chinese speech. Correct. And it was taken and if you even if you go to the official PMO uh transcript translation, and everything, yeah. yeah, the translation or it literally says that la. So we're not quoting him out of context or bad translation or anything like that, la. Right, mm-hmm. it is really even though that, targeted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though that is something that I would like to talk about based on what I've seen online, mm-hmm. but maybe we we rewind lah. For yeah. for those of you who may not have been aware of the general gist of of PM Lee's speech, there are certain talking points that I just want to cover to give yes. you guys a context before we zoom in yeah. on the on the P word lah. Take okay, us on so that journey through your Chrome tabs. Take us down the journey. <laughs> <laughs> so so I mean, generally, it was the first uh post. COVID or post the COVID intense COVID uh, post intense COVID rally and mm. generally it was talking about the first of all the economic growth because in PM Lee's words this is the worst economic recession since our independence um, he talked about how it's important to maintain Singapore as a business hub um, he also announced that there's going to be lower uh, a minimum wage of sorts um, from what I understand, basically any company that employs foreigners needs to pay a minimum of a thousand four hundred dollars to local uh, employees. Like there's still a lot of talk about the nuances and the technicalities, but there was some attention for that. Then there was uh, the the lack of basic job protection for delivery workers, uh, which was which was took up a, a, a surprising amount of airtime, which is which is a very real problem. Like. Then there was workplace discrimination, uh, certain things about the the. The, the, that the organization that looks after employment practices will now be codified in law. Mm. So so that's a nice development. There's a new law on racial harmony. Mm. Okay, there's a new fucking law. And I mean, there used to be a maintenance of religious, and there still is a maintenance of religious harmony act, but then now it's going to be a maintenance of racial harmony act, mm. which basically I believe would give power to, 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 for, for people or institutions to say, hey, you're doing something racist, that's against the law. Mm which is kind of cool. Then there was an announcement that after much debate, much buzz online, offline, in person, you know, over email and whatnot, nurses, Muslim nurses are now going to be allowed to wear the tudong. Mm. So yes. so this was chronologically how he covered his topics. And and I mean, even that tudong announcement, I think it's it's quite interesting because there's been so much debate about it. And for them to to say that during the National Day Rally was, was, a, was a nice touch. Lah. And mm. then that set the stage for the final topic of Chinese privilege. Lah. Yes. Correct. And from in the English one, he did talk about how that, okay, the, that life as a minority is harder um, and and that the people in the majority race must be more sensitive to to races, uh, I mean, to the minorities. Lah. And 
and generally it was nothing too uh how you say uh, to like blow my mind kind of thing but it's the first time i think he has said uh, publicly and and addressed the the chinese privilege or even race matters in in publicly lah. but he didn't say the word chinese privilege in the english speech mm, yes right? that's right he yes. didn't so so when you told me initially what what actually happened was Terence messaged me he was like hey uh pm just said there's no chinese privilege in singapore yeah <laughs> i knew you just wanted to like the match right no <laughs> then no I was, like, i was reacting to people online already starting to to catch fire you see i'm just letting you know fire. that that was happening yeah. <laughs> you you microwaving your popcorn already right yeah, I, i'm just waiting to 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 hear your opinion also you see Yeah so then I watched the English one and and now there's a lot of debate online generally there's most of the titles are, are about that one quote like including titles abroad even the South China Morning Post is already quoting has already quoted PM Lee saying that um yeah it's it's entirely baseless that that Chinese privilege exists in Singapore so that mm. was the overall premise I think it was 107 minutes long yeah but but after I gave the full context what 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 why What what were your thoughts uh, after you listened to both the part of the Chinese one uh, and the English one? Mm, I think uh, quite similar to that time when Lawrence Wong gave the speech about racism in Singapore, right? I actually mm. felt like the, there was a lot of meat, a lot to unpack about uh, the, the the steps that you know were being taken to tackle discrimination in Singapore, lah. And uh, mm. there were a lot of things that we've had gripes about over the years, right? Like whether. Whether or not you're you're a minority or what, you you see these things and you feel that they're wrong, lah. Like like, the the racial discrimination when it comes to looking for housing, uh, racial discrimination against certain people because of uh, you know you're unhappy with like, like economic policies like Sika and things like that. So you know there was a lot to unpack, lah. Uh, and and I felt like it, it felt like almost like a a mini social experiment to me. The fact that PM Lee inserted like Chinese privilege into the Chinese speech, you know, to 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 sort of mm. test water and see what the response would be a little bit, but not the English one, not the English one. So, and 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 almost like um, yeah, like almost like like in my mind, almost like clockwork, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people got enraged by that what he said in that about Chinese privilege, and uh, rather than talk about a lot of the 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 other things that were he covered in his speech, right. Which are also important, mm. important to racial relations and all that. Um, my, you know, I, I've made this point before. Like, I feel that I've, I've, I've always felt that the term Chinese privilege is not the best term to use because it, it just carries so many different, so much different weightage and connotations that it will distract mm. everyone from the main issue, lah. Like, and lo and behold, like, I mean, I feel it has done that again, no? You know, where people get mm. more fixated on on the use of the word Chinese privilege. Uh, struggling to define it, struggling to 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 win an argument about defining what it means and whether it exists in Singapore, rather than uh, focusing on on maybe some of the better things that have have were talked about in this National Day rally, lah. Yeah. But but that 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 would is is easy for me to rebut that, lah. Saying of course you don't want to talk about the. The the term Chinese privilege and focus on the meat because that's that's <laughs> how you go through life, Terence. Yeah, yeah, that's a privilege for you to not want to talk about privilege. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. and so even even understanding the Chinese speech such that you know I can talk talk about the the fact that he said Chinese privilege. That's a privilege. That's yeah. Chinese privilege, and it's yeah, working exactly. In <laughs> yeah, 
I, w- I looked at the speech, I didn't know what the hell was going yeah. on, and then I read the English translation, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that that's all I had access to. Yeah. Um, that's, why, that's why I, I, said, I said maybe it was his own like social experiment, like, you know, to test water but and I mean, see. To to be fair, like if you look at a Malay speech, mm. the context, the contents of that, it does touch on race and religion, but more focused towards the Malay Muslim community. Like I Correct. think the Tudong uh issue was a bigger part of that speech. Yeah. Uh, but he also didn't say the word privilege there. Yeah. It was he didn't also say so so like as before I started going down the rabbit hole of everything that has been chattering online, mm. I did see the headlines and in my mind I was like, How the fuck can he say that in a National Day rally speech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Some more say only to the Chinese people. Yeah. Then you're preaching to your choir, or you're like you're serving Gatorade to your your, your the Kool-Aid to the fans of the Kool-Aid really, correct, like, right? Correct, yeah. And in my mind I was like, why why would he do that? Yeah. But then uh but then as I read further, it just so this is where I get confused because mm. there's some people online saying that even the translation of the term that he used in Chinese, yeah, yeah it might translate to privilege, mm. but the context of that translation is not what is now socially ex- uh, known to be the definition of the word privilege. Mm-hmm. And from my 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 understanding so far, it is that he was talking about privilege in like in the constitution almost. Like let's say Malaysia, where where mm. ethnic Malays they actually have policies that explicitly say that they will get more rights than other races like yeah. and he like he was like coming from the context that okay there's nothing in the constitution but not realizing that the social meaning of chinese privilege might be might be confused but, so i don't know how true that is i mean but that's where what is the definition this social uh definition of of um chinese privilege la? i guess that's the part that's also that's also has a uh, hasn't been been settled on right like one exact uh way to talk about it right or one definition of it that's why there's all this all these debates going on now la. and 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 like you you mentioned la, to i would uh, there are some good points on both sides when when you know the person says yeah la, what he was referring to was institutionalized advantages that are particularly given to one race la, right so so mm. like the bumi putra thing in uh in malaysia Versus what we have in Singapore, la. and and yeah, I'm also reading online, and I, I'm I'm actually listening, trying to listen to both sides and understanding. It. Actually, uh, yeah, there are merits on both sides of what both sides are saying, but um, yeah, no one. I mean, a lot more people are focused on the talking about Chinese privilege than talking about the rest of the National Day rally, la, which which is is quite. Uh, I mean, it's a bit of a waste of opportunity to me, la. But 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 besides what people are saying, but yourself, you like like what is your take on on what he's saying about Chinese privilege, la? I mean, okay, let's say I take the more more conservative and less woke uh, approach, saying that okay, mm. he's talking about yeah, there's no like like there's nothing in the constitution that that affords more rights to any particular race, mm. But even when I'm reading the the Chinese. Uh, the translation, mm. so the trans uh, English translation or the Chinese speech, uh, knowing full well that it is a literal translation which doesn't take into account the social context or certain terms, la, which I will come to in a bit. Mm. But he did also mention that, um, let's see, uh, uh, having through having lived through turbulent times, our pioneer Merdeka generations, blah, blah, blah. And then he also said that Chinese Singaporeans at that time during independence mm. made some concessions for the greater good. Like for instance, to put the ethnic minorities more at ease, we adopted English as our lingua franca. Mm. Uh, the use of English 
put those who spoke only Mandarin and dialects in a disadvantageous position. Therefore, it is entirely baseless to claim that there is Chinese privilege in Singapore. We treat all races equally with no special privileges. Mm-hmm. Few countries have made this their policy and even fewer have actually made it managed to make it a reality. Like, and I know somewhere he also did point out that for most countries where there's a majority race, mm. the national language tends to follow that of the majority race. Like, but Singapore is different. But just in the context of that paragraph, I mean... Mm. Uh, yeah, English was adopted as a language that the majority population at that point in time did not uh, use as a native language, but so did a lot of the immigrants. Right? Mm. So that's where um, I feel that argument itself lost me because um, it's not say the immigrants were all coming from an English-speaking country mm. and the Chinese population to put these immigrants at ease, they, they decided on a language that the immigrants could speak. Right? And I speak mm. that because my dad came to Singapore when he was 16 and he didn't know English at all. And mm. for his school exam, he answered the questions by copying the questions as the answer. <laughs> because he couldn't fucking speak English. Okay. <laughs> so, so if that is the context that provides a justification to say there is entirely baseless to claim that there is Chinese privilege in Singapore, I just felt like um, maybe it could have been a bit more specific about the the rules and the laws and the constitution. Like, because that I felt kind of set a different kind of thing because then it almost it 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 draws into question the 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 rebuttal then huh but how does that make sense if you're talking about that language other immigrants also do also had to do it but then mm. when i was reading online people kind of summarizing the the whole thing saying it yeah he's referring more to the institutionalized by way of constitution mm. then i think that provides a more a bit more context like but you know just now you're saying what is the social definition of Chinese privilege and yeah. it might be different from the literal definition but that's part of language where language evolves and there's always a current meaning for, for a term you can't imagine PM Lee mm. he wakes up in the morning he was like hey guys I'm woke I had a good good night's sleep I'm yeah. woke of course people are going to think what do you mean you're woke uh, and he might just be I'm, I'm awake like, you know, I feel fresh I'm mm. woke but but you kind of need to take into the, the account like. so when I look at this I'm like did he mean to say that? Was it a conscious thing? Like what you say, a social experiment? Mm. Because when the moment you mention Chinese privilege in a political speech, it brings in a lot of different things. Like, and now, like what you rightly pointed out, I think the discussion is following something that is just like, like um, it, it's it's taking away from, from whatever else is mm. being discussed, like, which is sad. Like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the... yeah, But, but that's really the thing, like, in the sense that there isn't that clear-cut definition of Chinese privilege. All I know is that it's still a very super controversial term to be used, mm. uh, right? By any, you know, not even, don't even say politician. Uh, even ourselves, like I say, we, we flirt, we flirt with cancellation three times a week uh, because we, we discuss issues like Chinese privilege or so, uh, right? And, mm. and, and um, yeah, and I, I've always felt that that term only because of its, because of what is most closely associated with, with which is white privilege, in America, which is a completely different context of of racial relations as well, right? Um, mm. It just doesn't. Add, I mean, this, it it adds a lot of um, unnecessary fuel and, and vitriol vitriol to a conversation that is a is a different place, like You know, and I think um, mm. the, you know, like like literally the the context is that you know Singapore, we are in the middle of uh, we are we are just a tiny little country, and our biggest neighbor literally has it enshrined in their constitution. Uh, institutional privileges la, for a race, la, right? So mm. that's not something that you'll find elsewhere in the US or anything as well, la, right? So so mm. it's 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 
I think I think when when that's why when PM Lee is talking about this, he is probably yeah in his mind he's probably thinking about institutionalized uh, advantages yeah advantages mm. for for certain group lah. But we keep saying but but there's a there's a fairly big group of people who keep saying no 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 that's not it that's not it. it's like what it is in you know in the US and all these writers and all that blah blah. But that's the thing is it's such a different context and different kind of different space so it's just. Yeah, it just takes away from the actual conversations we should be having here, lor. And that's why I feel um, is I never want to use the the word because it's just too, it's just too, uh, it's too charged up too much, too much behind the the what 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 is going on in the US and and people using the word privilege to describe the racial relations there and then to apply it in this context here. It just yeah, I don't feel it's a helpful addition to the the lexicon of of. of of terms that we can use to address the situation here, lah. And like you said, I also I also feel that um, he maybe could have been more specific in in certain things, you know, like 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 anytime you you hear about like uh the the arm, I mean, uniformed services or anything like like the police or the or the army or anything, and, and people talk about the the different different treatment that race uh different races get in terms of. Uh, ascension on, on, in within the leadership ranks, lah, right? So mm. I think things like that are worth addressing, even though they might be uncomfortable or painful or what. They're worth addressing um, if you're really sincere about you know putting out Chinese, uh, putting out this this concept that that there is a privilege or advantage for one particularly ra- one particular race, lah. Because uh, mm. until so, you do that, people are just gonna keep trying to find terms. To to tell you that no, you're still wrong. You're still wrong. You're still wrong. You know. So are you are you saying that just so you know mm. you said it's a, it's a term that you also try not to use because it's loaded with so much baggage. Are you saying that that's why maybe the chatter now should should not focus on that because there's no path out of that wormhole and it takes away from everything else that should be discussed. Yeah, yeah, and I and I feel so. Uh, yeah, lah. People are are, are finding ways to discredit or poke holes in his argument about you know about uh about what what the earlier earlier chinese pioneer, pioneer generation had to go through and all that um mm. as opposed to uh, realizing that that was the shared reality like that our that the, the previous generation had to go through and that's why the the that particular speech in chinese that is a, is probably addressed to you know older chinese singaporeans right uh in the mm. 40s to 60s who don't who don't really speak English that well? It is addressed to them lah to 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 try and get them to understand that uh, uh, everyone's on the same page with you guys. No one's treating you any different and and, and all that lah. Uh, yeah, but but I think based on just what you said, mm. it 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 makes me it it makes it clear even more that this is a fault of the speech because mm. okay here we are like what you said we flirt with cancellation three times a week mm. and we're not a politician lah. Yeah. But even you and I are both cognizant that the moment you use Chinese privilege mm. we have even mentioned Chinese privilege on podcast episodes where it has nothing to do with Chinese privilege but mm. the Reddit comments ultimately become Chinese privilege yep. right yep. so so that's where and that's not wrong because it is a very charged word so that's where I would say that for his script right or the translator mm. you need to be cognizant that if you put Chinese privilege there you are almost belittling whatever point he's making mm. and and doing a disservice to the speech mm. so that's where after, like the more we talk about it, the more I realize, hey, fuck, why would they put in the term Chinese privilege and be that ignorant to mm. know that 
the moment the term is there, even the sentence, the literal sentence, mm. you tell, I mean, it blows my mind that 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 uh, politicians might somehow not be aware that you can say the most profound thing, but if there's one sentence there that is taken out of context and it could, could shoot you in the face, you mm. need to be cognizant of that. La. So that one line, it is entirely baseless that, uh, that uh, Chinese privilege exists in Singapore. Yeah. It feels like, oh, fuck, that is just open putting a bullseye on the damn speech. So yeah. maybe it, it was to take away from the bigger things like, I don't know, minimum wage, wearing the tudong. Maybe it was a conscious thing. Maybe they are that conniving, thinking, knowing that this Chinese privilege thing comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Let's just distract everyone for like the next week so that everything else will go under the radar. That Then I say they are fucking geniuses. Mm-hmm. But for this, I feel like, yeah, you can't... It's the word that is so loaded that you can't just throw around no matter how big your justification is because yeah. right now, unfortunately or fortunately, the word privilege has taken on a meaning that I might have, might is slightly different from its literal uh, definition, like, for example. Mm-hmm. And also the thing you said about how this is targeting the older generation of maybe Chinese-educated, Chinese-speaking folk. Mm. And I think that's very dangerous because then it puts in their mind, coming from the words of our dear PM Lee, that Chinese mm. privilege didn't exist, it makes it so much easier to rebut any argument for the the presence of not Chinese privilege, say Chinese advantage or advan- mm. majority advantage. Mm, mm, mm. So, and, yeah, I mean, uh, in some sense, maybe this is uh, the moment where the person translating or the person who wrote the script and then transcribed it and then and then put it in English, uh, this might be the moment that they they hentakaki in their careers, no? You know, it's like I don't know, it's eh? like you, you know, you always hear National Day Parade. If the if the parade commander gets something wrong, that's it for him. He hentakaki for the rest of his career. Yeah, that's why. So this is might be the equivalent moment, lah, because. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like like you said, it's using a term that I feel that doesn't help a lot for the conversation, but it just charges people up and it just makes them really upset. It makes them, and it makes yeah, Lee Hsien Long also seem maybe a bit out of touch with with what's going on, like what people are saying about it, and yeah. uh, if they really, but but then again, maybe because of the audience that they're reaching, right, like the 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 every the every man, every person between. 40 to 60 who only speaks Chinese and reads Leha Wan Bao that kind of thing. Uh, mm. I, I have to agree la, that the 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 definite the, the term Chinese privilege in Chinese itself, right? Um because because it's translated from English, it just doesn't bear the same kind of a lot of the, the same connotations that the English English term has. La. You know? So mm. so so that's where um yeah, it, it's a there are there are nuances between language and you know, maybe that's why really really where the scriptwriter or the translator should have really really been very careful with what term they use there, whether it was like institutional Chinese advantages or institutional advantages to a certain race or whatever mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There, there are ways. I mean, there are ways to say anything with uh, if you just use more words, like If I want to say like uh. I I'm if some guy's an asshole, I don't need to say that. I'll be like, yeah, you know, he's not the most compassionate and sometimes a bit inconsiderate, mm, which mm. might be getting at the same thing, yeah. but it's not exactly that one asshole. loaded word. Yeah. Yeah, right? Exactly. So that's where, I, I mean, I'm sure people have taken screenshots of the press release because suddenly they go and edit it and change it. Then then it, yeah. the, 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 there's that possibility. La. So that's where I feel like, because some of the things he said, it, it is very a, a powerful statement then. Mm. 
talking to, let's say, the older demographic who are Chinese educated, saying that, okay, as a majority race, we do need to be sensitive to the minorities. Mm. I don't know whether he has ever said that in a speech to targeting that demographic, which yeah. is a step in the right direction. It is, it is, talking yeah. about the Tudong issue for these people is also a step in the right direction. Yeah. But the moment you tell them, okay, we're doing all this, but, but, Chinese but, privilege does not exist. No <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. That's why it's. It just feels like, huh? There's one big uh, contradicting statement, and again, mm. it it kind of, it kind of makes it. To me, it just makes the problem worse because now I've I've already seen someone send me a, a TikTok of the some young content creator on on TikTok saying that just saying she's going to stand up for minorities and you know just focusing on the difficulties of getting a job or a rental property in Singapore, which is what PM Lee um, Addressed, uh, right, talked yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, but but she said if it's just those two issues, those are big issues. And then now it's becoming like okay, for our, how can our PM Lee says that Chinese privilege does not exist? Then mm. then that has taken on a life of its own, lah. Exactly. Um, so you realize yeah, so uh, what I realize is that maybe a lot of people have not actually like they did not watch the full rally or read a full transcript of the whole thing, and they just took the headline and basically run with it, lah. So regardless including of... Including SPH, yeah, including Mothership, yeah. including so, South China Morning Post. Yeah, regardless of all the good work that, you know, your policymakers, the opposition leaders, the activists even have, have put in in the last four to eight years or what to, to, to make these issues front and center such that the PAP will take them and actually address them one by one by changing laws and things like that, right? And, and yeah. that, that's all a good step in the right direction. All that was, no, was basically yeah, exactly. lost because of the just the mention of Chinese privilege, uh. Yeah, it's fucking stupid because like like I think when Lawrence Wong first talked about the race thing, everyone mm. was like, whoa, shit, there's a politician talking about race. Mm. Now the PM Lee of his seven points, which I will just bring up the tap again, yeah, yeah. it was one on the Tudong, one on the Chinese privilege debate, one on racial harmony. There's three out of four that are talking about race. When the fuck else has that happened? Yeah. And now it's all, it feels like it's Drowned. been derailed because... Yeah. yeah, drowned by by this thing about Chinese privilege, lah, and yeah. and I mean Chinese privilege, Chinese advantage. It 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 does okay, majority advantage. Okay, mm. majority advantage does exist. Mm. It is a problem, and I think most people will recognize that. But when this happens, it just feels like wow, lah. Wait, now it's they have the um the the reinforcements of PM Lee said this. You know, they can print out this article saying, yeah. "Yo, PM Lee said this. Yeah, uh, yeah. you shut up about your Chinese privilege." Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, you better I'm, not I'm, fucking frame it up in your house. Uh. If you print out all the articles and frame it up in your house. No, I won't frame it. I'll just send it to you and just keep sending you over WhatsApp. Um, no, on Reddit. La, on, on Reddit. Yeah. Anytime someone talks about it, you just put the link there. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the thing is the... Yeah, no one... Yeah, I think no one was like... Um, I, I don't think anyone thinks that that was a, an accidental thing la, on his part, la, right? Like yeah. uh, whether whether or the even the translators part la, because I think uh you know he even made a reference to that 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 big the big gaffe he made years ago. Remember when he said "misiam my hum," and then mm-hmm. and then that 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 whole thing just him say making that mistake where he was supposed to. I mean the the reference he was making was laksa my hum, but he ended up saying "misiam my hum," which doesn't exist mm. la, That dish doesn't exist. Or misiam exists, but nobody eats hum with the misiam la, right? And it went viral. Yeah, it went viral. Uh, however, things went viral. Yeah, 10, back then. 20 years later, we, we still remember that my hum moment. And it still stands as a reminder of, you know, like how uh, uh, politicians are sitting in the ivory towers and out of touch with the every man because they don't even know that you, you don't eat hum with misyam, you know? So mm. I feel like, as much as it wasn't a mistake, uh, this, this Chinese privilege thing might be, 
you know, 10 years, 20 years down the line, it might be that kind of, that, that kind of, it might take on this life of its own, like, that people remember this for for that reason, like, which is unfortunate because I think the, the rest of the rally was really about uh, constructively how to address racism. Maybe he even brought up like the whole Tan Bundi example and everything, like, right? To, yeah, to, to yeah, show exactly. that, yeah, to show that it wasn't all, it's not all a bit of roses, and there's still a lot of work to be done. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that this new uh, law also, it's 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 interesting, like. I mean, I mean, yeah. I think the the law itself is a bit funny because um, what does it say? Uh? It kind of mandates um, wait, uh, protecting mm. It's, it's basically I think harmony. The 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 yeah. broad thing is that a lot of there are laws to protect. Uh, you know, people against against uh, ra- racial discrimination, but they right now they are all in different parts of legislation, like whether penal code or some other code and all this kind of thing. And uh, yeah. the idea of this MHRA, uh, maintenance of relig- maintenance of racial, racial. harmony uh, law, is it? Uh, uh, harmony Act. Act, yeah, maintenance of racial it's harmony. It's the Mr. Ha. Yeah. Mr. Ha. Mr. Ha. Yeah. I think the idea is to just group everything together such that it's, it's much easier for for the lawmakers and the and the you know the, the, the legislators everyone to to refer to and access and understand and make decisions and have precedence about yeah when which exactly which law who under which agency or what does this come under la. So so in, yeah. in some and, sense and it's a it becomes much more uh, all encompassing, right? Yeah, which which is, again is a step in the right direction. Mm. Like, even though the step right now feels a little funny, I'm sure yeah. the details will come out. But literally, what he said is this law will include some softer and gentler touches, mm. such as the power to order someone who has caused offense to stop doing it and to make amends <laughs> by learning more about the other race and mending ties with them. Yeah, That's literally yeah. what he said. Yeah. So anytime, anytime someone that you meet, uh, they make say something racist, you can tell him to stop by law yeah. and sit down. And have copy with you for two hours to learn about your race. I'll go for skills future. Literally on skills future or something like right. Literally, a CNA <laughs> title says new racial harmony law plan. Offenders yeah. can be ordered to learn about another race. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so I mean, I'm sure the details will come out. Yeah, I'm sure it'll it probably is, be like. It is a legitimate. Uh, I mean, a legitimate way to 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 mediate between disputes, lah. Right. Because sometimes True you la, do but then feel. You're gonna, you, sorry, what? What? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say that it's a bit like like uh, doing community service. La. You know, when someone litters, then, you know, the, the sometimes the punishment... You besides, go pick up litter. You go pick up litter, <laughs> but you also sometimes, if you're an influencer or what, then you must go and talk to other people who have offended <laughs> and all that kind of thing, you know? Um, so, so it is it is like, in a way, like, yeah, oh, if you say something racist, oh, then how do you reverse that? You, you go, can't <laughs> go around saying nice things to other races. You can't, la, you know? So, so, they make you do other things like like force you to sit down and learn something, la, which was, I mean, no, so, I can see the benefit so, of it also. La. So, let's say Tanmuli, okay? Tanmuli did it. Right, then you're like, okay, you were racist to interracial couple, you go and have brunch with five interracial couples <laughs> and you go and learn about them. Exactly. You sit, in, the fuck? you sit in <laughs> and, sit watch, in. and watch these couples. <laughs> uh, and, work, and tell me then what's you wrong. Spend, yeah. You spend one weekend with these 10 Indian people, the next weekend with another 10 Chinese people, yeah. and the following weekend with 20 of them in a room together and you learn about interracial relationships. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you know like, like he must he must attend like two Indian weddings in a, in a month. You know, the kind of thing. <laughs> interracial, interracial, uh, interracial weddings. But, but, Indian, but Indian wedding, like, right? But interracial So then marriage, he must uh, serve the food. He must, he must wear the yellow vest, you know, the community service vest, yeah, yeah. and then you serve the food. How funny would that be? Like, if at your wedding there was one table 
for corrective like racist or corrective <laughs> racist order or something like that. And they're all yeah, wearing a vest racist. and then they're all like sitting there just understanding how, how Indian wedding <laughs> works. Uh, you know? Well, you know like how, you know, non-profits sometimes they get volunteers to help out with their events, right? Yeah. If you are organizing a wedding and maybe you want to save a bit on budget, yeah. you take on this 10... Ten races la, who need to chalk up time uh, yeah. with uh, people of another race. So they'll work for you for free and they help you plan your wedding. <laughs> Yo, if that's the plan, right? That's fucking great, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Softer <laughs> approaches, la, like they say. Softer approach? Yeah. People are like, hey, how was you doing this weekend? You're like, Shala, I cannot fuck I cannot, I cannot punish. Yeah. I have to go to this Indian wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, love funny, yeah, that would be that would be great, man. Please, yeah. that would be a step in the right direction. You lower the cost of wedding planning, and you get people to spend time with other races. Yes, yes, great, great. Yeah. power, power. But but I mean, isn't like I think this the Reddit this really I think the thread on the Singapore Reddit has like mm. seven hundred comments and growing. There's probably going to be a lot of chatter. There's yeah. probably going to be a lot of people who are focusing on Chinese privilege that the term itself. Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious to see how it goes, lah. Yeah, my head is and spinning always, already from reading all the different definitions. And I guess you also need to brace yourselves for the discussion on our Reddit, la, as, yes. as as it always... Um, and I mean, I always look forward to discussions on our Reddit when we talk about race. Yeah. Because most of the time, yeah, I do learn something or it just crystallizes my, my opinions or perspectives even more. La. So correct, please, correct. if you're listening, fire away, man. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, the... Mm. I mean, yeah, we can cover it later, but there are already comments uh, asking us what we think about this. But uh, mm-hmm. speaking of weddings, which is about people mm. coming together, the next mm. topic we're covering is about a very painful breakup. La. Actually, oh. yeah, it is, it is a breakup, breakup and coming la. together. Breakup la. and a new is coming a... together. La. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and what is this topic you break we're up talking with your, about? Uh, it's like you break up with your Angmo partner and then you hook up with a local partner. Yes, right? correct, correct, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is the the cessation of the Yale and US college, um, come twenty twenty five, and it's com it's combining with the current university scholars program, mm. uh, to form a new college la. that's not that's, so the that's the actual is, that's the actual sound effect la. It's not like yeah, I'm, we're not talking about the Malaysian army yeah. here. <laughs> No, so the context of this is that in 2011, uh, Yale and US was established mm. and it was meant to last till at least 2025, I believe, yep. um, where there would be a decision um, by both entities whether or not to continue. La. So NUS decided, uh, announced uh, four years ahead of time that it would cease to exist after that with the goal of giving the current freshmen who are entering to the, the chance to finish up their four years. Mm, mm. So it was announced on August 27th. Friday. Um, yeah. And Friday, yes. And it was, I guess, there were there was a certain segment of the the internet that celebrated its closure. Mm. Uh, and I think saying that, yeah, it was a... It was a incubator for woke liberal leftists. Uh, mm-hmm. So they were celebrating that. But also you get the backlash from students and professors and staff saying that it came out of nowhere. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Right. So so what was your first thought when you saw this? Eh? Um, I mean, yeah, having been... I, I think the just, just context of, of where we come from also, uh, we, we both studied in... Uh, uh, U.S. University as well, right? A pr- quite a prestigious mm. 
American University, the University of Pennsylvania. And uh, mm. over there in the US, they're much more, uh, I mean, the liberal arts colleges, like, especially, they are very much about uh, broad-based learning, about, you know, uh, taking your, you know, taking your pick of classes, whatever you want from any different sectors. But they do believe very strongly that even if you're an engineering student, um, you know, there's something that you could be learn, you could be learning from folklore 101 or psychology 101 that would be helpful, mm. that would be helpful for your, for your growth as an individual and as a person. Uh. So, um, it's, it's actually a very exciting thing, you know, every, at the start of every semester when, when you sit down and you plan out your courses, it's like, oh, you know, what interesting course can I take this year? You know, and then it could mm. be, it could be everything from very esoteric topics like, uh, uh, you know, like, like I mentioned, like folklore 101 or, or even pottery or photography. And next to that, you're having statistics 101 or some very much more uh, technical kind of subject. Like. So the liberal arts kind of education uh, um, emphasizes that a lot. Uh, and, and I think that is um, something that, that uh, having studied overseas, I take for granted that it's quite a common thing. But I realize, you know, in, 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 in actually in Singapore, I think it's much more recent phenomenon like, where people actually are op- much more open to to a very broad, diverse kind of education rather than than studying to be a doctor, lawyer, or or, or a very specific um, professional kind of career, like, right? Mm. Uh, so, so that's one context. Yeah. The other context also is just that uh, on campus, when you're overseas in the US and all that, one thing that I was a very huge shock to me was just how much autonomy students get to 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 do their own things, you know, whether it's to run how they run their clubs and societies, to like, you know, protesting certain decisions that they're not happy with at the school. Like I saw literally, I saw like my like I had classes cancelled because my my uh my graduate student um teaching assistant she she didn't want to come and teach a class because she they were protesting graduate student pay or something like that. Lah, you know? Mm. And and they would take mm. time from class to explain that kind of thing to us as well. And and uh yeah, it, it affected us directly, but we understood that that was within their rights as a as a person as well. And the university didn't um they wouldn't they didn't clamp down on these things. They would, you know, negotiate, they would uh make sure no violence or anything broke out. But uh that's the kind of atmosphere that that you would probably find at Yale as well. And so mm-hmm. that's why when Yale NUS was announced in Singapore or announced to be set up in Singapore in twenty eleven or twenty twelve thereabouts. Uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, backlash in Yale itself, I know, uh, because I, I had mm. some Singaporean friends who were there at that point in time who had to actually attend like panels and, and sort of like panels for the student body to explain what Singapore was like, uh, that we're not this authoritarian North Korean kind of dictatorship where you cannot speak mm. up and things like that, you see. Uh, and then, oh, so there was a panel in Yale? Yeah, in Yale. In about Yale. opening up a satellite campus in Singapore? Yeah, yeah. Because within Yale, people were like, huh? Singapore is known not to have any academic freedoms and things like that. So how can we? How can Yale as an institution uh, be located there, la, You know, and then the Singaporean students mm. there had to, whether they're on exchange or what, la, They had to just come forward and say, hey, you know, we're students from Singapore, and this is, uh, I think a lot of the misconceptions people have about Singapore uh, and its draconian laws and all that need need to be addressed, la. So 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 mm. I it was a very, uh, it wasn't easy, la, The the starting of the school. And I think um, there have been a lot more um, hoo-hahs back and forth between between you know the the the, the authorities as well as Yale and Yale and US. Uh, the most recent mm. that I can remember being, uh, I think Alfian Syed was supposed to he was supposed to be a guest speaker or, or conduct a class, right? 
about yeah, about dissent class. about dissent in Singapore, lah, right? Activism. Dissent, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, do you have the 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 clear clear and present details for everyone in a tab or something? Uh, of course. Okay. Yes. So then I will seat the floor to you right now to to talk about this. No, but about that specific thing. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. That specific. Um, no. I mean. I mean. Generally. Um. Because. As much as there was a lot of chatter in Singapore about its closure, and it felt like you know they were they did it in discussion with Yale and everything um, was very collaborative. If you go mm. to the Yale Daily News uh, website, mm. which is a it's it's a news that is an official source of news for Yale, um, it it felt a little how you say uh, like mm. obviously not the happiest. Yeah. Because the one big statement was. Uh, okay, Yale and U.S. College was founded in 2013 with a mission of collaboration to provide a liberal arts education in Singapore. Mm. But controversy clouded its creation, particularly due to the author- authoritarian government that rules the island nation and restricts some speech. Mm. Since its inception, Yale and U.S. has been primarily funded by the Singapore government, but it repeatedly drew ire from critics who claim it did not clearly articulate guidelines um, and, and so on. So they have courted controversy a few times like there was the first was with the to Singapore with love mm. uh, the film mm. that was supposed to be f- uh, filmed as part of a course and got re- MDA permission to do so but then um, the director Tan Bin Pin announced uh, a few weeks later that they were, she was not going to be allowed to film it anymore mm. and that film is politically charged yeah. um, then with uh, Alfian Saad yeah he was he was meant to conduct a course on uh, the public dissent mm. and he, he had to withdraw and then I think um, he said he was made the scapegoat uh, because it was more of a decision from the top as opposed to his own decision mm. uh, he was very clear with the with the course and, and it was approved all the way until the last minute mm. so there's always been this tension uh, with Yale and US and Singapore in general for whatever reason mm. um, I think because they encourage Courses that maybe you wouldn't find in other Singapore institutions that that are more how you say uh, more woke la, for for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. but not to say that those are bad courses. It's just a course that maybe shows you a different perspective la, or something that is less conservative la. But yeah, it's always been a controversial thing. Yeah. So 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 I mean the backlash came because eh, a lot of students um, have voiced out saying that it may have factored into their decision-making uh, to enroll in the next cohort because nobody mm. wants to be in a school that is not going to exist anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Right? I, I was born at Youngberg Hospital. Mm. I found out that a few years after I was born, the hospital was demolished. Uh. And now there's, I, there's no hospital where I can walk past and say I was born there. Yeah, devastated. It kind of sucks. La. Devastated. La, right? I'm fucking devastated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what everybody wants, right? And but but for a school, you know, like there's one thing if you go to a school, you kind of get that the Yale brand, like, You know, let's mm. not let's not deny the fact that Yale on your cert does provide a brand. Mm. Um, for a future employer, say a few years down the road, people will be like, huh, what is this Yale and US? They Google and they're like, oh, it closed, mm. which doesn't doesn't ring uh, leave a sweet sweet taste in the mouth, like. And even for the faculty, as much as NUS says that the the rigor and and academic courses and all will continue, you know that without Yale's backing, it, you can you can foresee that the courses might be less controversial, maybe less politically charged, and it will be yeah. more similar to what is currently offered in the university scholars program. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. And uh, I mean, before before like going further, so I, I just want to 
give a shout out to um the Yale NUS newsletter, the Octant. Octant. Mm. I don't know. I, mm. I don't. I'm not very sure what that that word means, uh, But it's the name of the, mm. the newspaper, and um, in the within the article that first breaks the news about the dissolution of Yale and US, right? There is a. Uh, mm. They include a. They include a. Um, there's a there's a player there where you can play nine seconds of an audio clip of students uh screaming in anger and distress, la. So mm. uh, because it's a residential hall. I guess if you just shout out your window, definitely someone can hear you, lah. So when that news mm. was, when the, I think when the news was released over, over the the Zoom town hall, probably the someone took out their phone and recorded the screams of anger and distress within the residential mm. community, lah. And you can literally mm. hear it, um, in a clip on 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 this page, lah. But yeah, I mean it it, it is mm. um, uh, it brought back a lot of uh, painful memories for 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 me as well. Uh, because mm. uh, no, I mean it's not apples for apples lah. But similarly, like last year, uh, just before Circuit Breaker on a Friday, you know, uh, we also like Harish and I when we were working, we've we'd been working on our season one of our our big big like first big break in entertainment, right? A TV show that we mm. wrote, directed, produced everything. Cause she's a terrorist, and I love her. And yeah, we also only found out via the news, you know, via a press release, via, not even a press release, via a news report that the network that we had been working with was uh, like liquidating uh, and just basically disappearing from existence. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, I remember it was like I was in the middle of some meeting and, and like I, then someone just, I just saw that news on WhatsApp. Someone sent it to me and I, my jaw just dropped because I was like, oh fuck, this is going to be, this is, this is like, this is the worst possible outcome of of any kind of thing, like you know, uh, whether mm. our show was successful or bombed, it doesn't matter, you know. And and uh, you know the worst things that we 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 were still owed money by by the, the entity which is called Hook, which was called Hook. We still we're still owed mm. money by them, a big chunk of money, and and yeah like, Them liquidating basically put us put us uh, in the fire like, for 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 the for the long term. So yeah, I just had this like almost like PTSD kind of reaction to this when I read about how the students, you know, essentially found out via town via a town hall on the morning off and at the same time, the news was already out there in the Straits Times and everything. The news embargo was lifted just as the town hall was going on and all. So it mm. just it just sent a ripple through the whole community and yeah, the fact that you can even hear the students screaming and everything about it tells you how distressed everyone is. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, um, it, it is sad for the students, like, because mm. even take, for example, our uh, the exam- uh, our own example, which is still not the entirely same because ours was a commercial thing, theirs is mm. uh, education. Yeah. Now, when we talk to people that we made a show for Hook, people are like, huh, what's that? And yeah. they Google, it doesn't exist anymore. It kind of sucks, like, right? It sucks. And you, you, um, you can't, but, so what if you did a show, if nobody gets has anywhere to watch it, then what's the point, right? Like, nobody yeah. cares, like, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think when it first started, uh, generally, I do recall the sentiment, uh, yeah, Yale and US, it's, it's, it's not Yale, uh, it's more NUS, so what's the difference? But I think mm. to their credit, they at least the branding seemed like it was, like there was an appeal that is not NUS and mm. not entirely Yale as well. It was a nice, nice amalgamation. Mm. And apparently they get like 8,000 applications annually for a few hundred spots. Yeah. Um, so it it is very competitive, like admission rate is like yeah three to seven yeah. percent. But then also 
like if you go down the chatter and the articles, there were now looking back, people are saying there were signs that it was not gonna gonna last la. According mm-hmm. to of course the one thing was from the Yale Daily News, they did say that um in 2018 itself, NUS and the Singaporean government expressed that they wanted to offer more sports to Singaporean students and whatnot. Mm. Granted that this is a publication uh, from Yale, but if I just looking, this is not the first school that has a strong US brand that opened up in Singapore that closed. Like, a few years ago, there was, was it Tish? Mm, yes, Tish. Tish. That's right. Yep. Yeah, Tish, which is the NYU film school, is it? Mm, that's right. Then, then there's Chapman, mm, right? Yes. Also another uh, film Chapman school the, from uh, California. Yeah, from California. And then um, it just feels like... And when you look at a broader uh, a dire- approach that Singapore generally takes when they want to attract talent of a certain sort or get good in one thing, right? They mm. would get these companies to set up base in Singapore, mm-hmm. um, you know, have this, this core, co-working relationship and all. And then after the extended period of time, just... It like like take in whatever the secret sauce is and then the contract ends like so it's a very transactional thing. So when I read people saying that, oh you know, they were hoping that Yale and US would become an institution that lives on uh I don't know. I, I don't know whether is that is that a bit uh na- naive given that there was already a, a, a timeline where okay, twenty twenty five they will decide. I don't know. I just feel like it, it's a it's a very transactional approach and we've also seen with YouTube with Facebook the companies themselves they come to Singapore you know they want to speak to all the local creators and you know encourage the community after a few years they're like yeah Singapore's too small a market fuck it we're just gonna focus on the bigger markets uh, and, yeah. and it's almost it's almost a bit jaded jade, I'm a bit jaded by all that shit la. no but that's where I think uh, we need to s- look at this situation slightly differently from what we experienced uh, which mm. was basically the the falling apart of a commercial agreement la, right between a mm. very big organization and a very small business la. Uh, I think in yeah. this in, in this instance like uh, for example Tish and and Chapman la, I think um, those they existed very quite independently of the of, of the rest of the rest of the network that they are in like with the education network um, that means like Tish for example, had its own campus in the middle of nowhere um, and it wasn't like particularly affiliated with uh, any university or what like, you know. And uh, Chapman, although it was, I think it was affiliated to 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 the Polytechnic here, but it still was re- basically running its own program, la, its own two-year program model on, on how it was in the US. La. But um, mm. I think Yale and US, just from the name itself, the fact that it was co-branded Yale and NUS, right? And the fact that they had their own uh, residential program where students were required to stay in the in the in the college uh, on campus in the college interact with each other It's a mix of international students and you have to live with them and get along with them and and and, and you you're basically in your own like little bubble uh, kind of so so it, it mm. felt I think it felt like a much deeper entrenched relationship than the previous uh, the, those other two cases we mentioned you know what I mean. Mm, um, mm, mm, mm. and I I will also add that I think you that in the in the last few years or so, Yale and US was seemed to be making headway in terms of other um other co uh, what do you, what do you call it? cooperation cooperation uh, other forms of cooperation with other countries, uh. no with other institutions in Singapore so I think there was a medical degree as well a, a Yale and US and 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 
and uh, Duke, I think, medical, is it Duke medical degree? Mm, Duke, yeah, yeah, Duke. Yeah, yeah. like that, that was uh, also announced only in 2018 or something. Yale NUS and Duke NUS Liberal Arts and Medicine Pathway. That's literally the website mm. la, where it's, 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 uh, it's offered jointly by the Yale NUS College and Duke NUS Medical School for liberal arts students who are planning to per- pursue a career in medicine. So, you know, that sounds like super interesting. Like, you know, you can spend your, your your undergrad years studying liberal arts and after that, you want to pursue medicine, you still can, you know. And that was not mm. something that was available to, to Singaporeans before. La. And so, it seemed to be sinking its roots into Singapore. And, and, and you know, even though it's still a little elite bubble where people, rich rich uh, international students, you know, pay a very hefty fee to stay on campus and... and, and and talk about very uh, liberal values and all that, right? But it, it didn't mm. seem to be sinking its roots in Singapore, la. and 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 it would have a. It seemed like it would, ha- would have its place in the near future, la, You know, um, so mm. yeah, I mean, it is quite shocking. I think it was quite shocking for everyone, and the fact that the the decision uh, it, now the as the information is starting to trickle out, it seems like the decision was already made at the at the president of the NUS level. And then it was communicated to, to Yale, Yale. and uh. then and then they had to accept it because it was just how it is. And and after that, it was communicated to Yale and US lah. Because from what I understand, yeah lah, the Yale and US, uh, essentially, uh, it was and US and the Singapore government paying Yale for to be able to use their name and to use that and to work together on this lah, right? So so mm-hmm. if the person paying the money says I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, I don't think I think it's 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 I mean how do you how do you how do you rescue it also like right, um yeah, so so I, I think it goes quite deep but that's actually the one that I feel the worst for like, really, uh, the poor 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 freshmen, who apparently, the the deadline to pay their school fees was like the day before the announcement, of the oh, of the whole shit. thing, so they paid their school <laughs> really? fees for the first semester already like, and they you know they were reminded oh, to pay God. before the deadline and everything and. They've already paid it lah, and then it was announced that the school is dissolving lah. Wow, fuck. Yeah. I guess I guess the one thing to take note uh, for anyone making decisions of this is that okay, let's say for our example, we were still a uh, business lah, and anyone who does their own business, you kind of accept whether you like it or not the risk of doing business lah, mm-hmm. right? Um, it is a trans transactional by nature, yeah. And if something fucks up, you can complain, but uh, yeah, like. That's business, lah. Yeah. You, you know, you have heard that saying. Yeah. When it comes to education, wow, fuck, yeah, really the the undergrads have had a shitty time these past few years. Yeah. Like their undergraduate experience is totally different and like very isolated. And yeah. then for this, it just feels like, wow. It's a kick in the nuts, they, uh, right? It's a kick in the nuts, man. Because even, I mean, okay, it sucks for the prof- the professors and the staff as well, like, because that's, mm. yeah, that's, their livelihood and, and of course one could argue that yeah there'll be there's a commitment that they'll be offered positions in NUS and all but it's like your job scope suddenly changes mm. it kind of sucks for you also like, but yeah. for the students yes yeah yeah. I think now there's already some petitions that have started yeah. but I, I I can't see how this is going to re- reverse itself like. yeah I mean yeah if you feel bad for for anyone really like, it's the students I don't feel bad for I mean don't I, I don't feel as bad for um, staff or faculty because mm. ultimately mm. you know yeah they were they they were paid they were paid money to to do something like right and and if that doesn't yeah. work out yeah like, it sucks that they have to find something but if you're a student right you've literally paid to be a part of a, of an institution to have the name on your resume and everything but 
to know that now that 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 that, that name is worth nothing, that institution no longer exists, like you know, mm. uh, that that and, that's the and, worst, lah. Yeah. And for some people to even come to Singapore, they get eight thousand applications a year. Like yeah. I'm guessing, most of them are not even from Singapore. Yeah, yeah. So, right, yeah. and I mean, the the one interesting thing there's a Rice Media article actually about um the Nanta. Have you mm. heard of it? Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Yeah. yeah, so so Nanta, which I gathered from this article, was opened in 1956 and it is a totally different entity from the current day NTU. Mm. But um, it was kind of slowly closed down because of the nature of its education and because how at that point also it, it was kind of like... Um, uh, according to someone they interviewed who used to study there, they were uh, it was there was a worry that the university would breed leftist radicals to advance pro-communist ideas and subversive activities. Mm. So then mm. slowly it, it it evolved to become NTU, uh, which opened its doors in 1991. So so this article just saying okay, don't forget that this actually was there. It, the that it forms part of the history of of NTU and it was written shortly after the. Uh, announce uh, as in it wasn't even related to the announcement of Yale and US closing it was an article published on July 1st mm-hmm. so it was just an interesting interesting anecdote that I never knew existed yeah yeah is, uh, so I mean if anything in, in, in the past 20 years have ta- taught you uh, that any kind of educational institution that sets up that sets up office in Singapore I mean uh, do you dare to put do you dare to put your children through that anymore you know uh, unless it's like mm. endorsed and you know it's like Singapore Management University or Singapore University of Technology and Design or something, anything mm. else like Yale and US or Tisch or or New South Wales or whatever, do you dare to to send your kid there? You know, to spend that kind of money to send your kid to these places, like If you know, if you know our track record of just giving up on these institutions or so, like, or giving up on these partnerships, like, right? I would say. Mm. Yeah, mm. I mean, it's almost like a one night stand, uh, educational exactly. one night stand. Yeah, there can be there can be an argument that oh yeah you know it's we're trying to buck the colonial mentality of like Angmore, you know from from coming from the west and Angmore country and everything. Oh, it must be a better kind of education. I understand that, but 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 the the there are also Singaporeans who go through these programs and, and come out for the for the better as well, right? You know, so and I mean, it's not it's not just about yeah, yeah, it's not about just about Western Westerners and thinking they're better and any everything Because yeah. I know there's a common term being put out there by a certain social political commentator saying that you know, uh, left American liberal values are not fit for our society, like which I mean, mm. like, huh? We got such things, yeah. Yeah. Right. That that sounds a little too too much of a of a blanket statement, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so. But, but yeah, I mean, any 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 tips, some... any tips for the for the students or the faculty who are going through this process right now? Ah, from your wow. perspective, uh? I mean, I think just continue to push the administration and try and I don't know, like don't 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 let this just pass, like, Even though it's gonna it's gonna demand more, uh, how you say, uh, more lobbying, more more questions. I think it's important when decisions like this are made by people uh, in positions of power that are ambiguous whether it's the best thing to do or not. They need to be pushed and held accountable. Apart from that, I I mean, even if it's just providing answers to your questions, Mm. it it is important to provide closure or whatnot because otherwise it becomes too easy for people to make decisions that impact others without being held accountable at all. Yeah, I agree, I agree. If, If there's one thing that I learned from studying in the US, right, is that 
your your voice can matter and you have but you have to make it heard. Uh. If you don't if you Call don't more. if you don't say something, if you don't do something about it, then then you are complicit in it in, in the whole thing as well, uh, right? And um, mm. it could be as small an action as like, you know, starting a petition. Or it could be something more like you know, like like what Harish is saying, where you where you literally, you know, fire emails to to the person in charge of the decision, which I who I understand to be president of NUS, like, right? Uh mm. I'm not saying to to go in like to go in like um you know picket cancel picket fence picket fence his office or don't do anything illegal. Still be civil, yeah. Yeah, be, Still civil. be civil. Do do what you need to do to to make sure that they they know that there are human there are human um repercussions, like, right? There are re- real mm. repercussions to real individuals, real humans, you know, who had to maybe uproot and then convince their parents to let them study at this place, this strange place called Yale NUS, and then and, and move to Singapore rather than move to the US, which was a very nice compromise for a lot of these people, and and, and things like that, like, you know. So it, to them it's just a it might just be a blip in the in the university history, you know, where they they they, they had like Harris what Harris said a very wrong one night stand with somebody but it has real human impacts on people and 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 it's very easy for commentators like Kelvin Ching to just put out a Facebook post thing saying the closure of Yale NUS is a moment worth celebrating and then that makes you feel like oh am I being an entitled bitch and everything like right but mm. but the truth is you are not like I think and I think it's very important that you you make your voice heard within your own faculty and 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 and, and even more than that as well like if, you, if there are people if, if there's a real story about it I'm sure there are people who are, who want to cover the story and talk talk to you more about it as well. So it is worth making your voice heard and making sure that um, if you are having trouble sleeping at night, that there must be somebody who made a decision who who must also have trouble sleeping at night, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like everything that Terence just said and, and I just said, is something that we are trying to force ourselves to do with our own ongoing case with the with the liquidation of that network, which is still ongoing. Yeah. But... But it does help to rally people together. I mean, we also have rallied other people who have been impacted because you have strength in numbers. Remember that. Strength in numbers. And even if it's just to get an answer from the people who made the decision, it it prevents, I think, it it doesn't allow them to take the the lives of the people their decisions impact for granted. So... Mm. So and and yeah, I mean, if if there's anything that 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 we can help with, just just DM us, put us on, put on subreddit and all that, because this yeah. feels like what wow, the people who are getting fucked over are the students, like. Yeah, I really I really feel for them, Because I yeah. I already I already feel like the last two years have been fucking terrible for anyone entering or in university, because you don't you 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 don't even get the a quarter of the real experience of going to university, like, Right. And, yeah. and, and like now for for year and US students it's, it's even worse like and, and we can you know make jokes about them being entitled and, and all that but at the end of the day they they paid for something and they're not they're not getting they're not getting the full experience like, and I, uh, as any kind of consumer I feel I feel aggrieved by that kind of of uh thing like, right yeah yeah, yeah. exactly exactly but, yeah tough one man tough one man but uh just thinking of more positive things what is your one short comment of the last few days uh, uh? My one show okay, okay. Let, let me let me pull it up. You want you wanna go ahead first? Uh yeah, sure, sure. I mean the, the I think the there's a very interesting discussion that has been brought up on on uh, our subreddit. If Harish and Terence have an OnlyFans account, what type of exclusive content would you pay for? So this was put up by Pillybacks Doodles. Uh yeah, shout out to 
long time listener who I know also was, was recently featured on some McDonald's Instagram ad so that was pretty cool um, but yeah some, some there, and there's some very interesting comments in there like, and it made me think oh yeah actually uh, why not uh, maybe uh, only fans is possible uh, in a, as, a, as a business proposition in the future uh. yeah man <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. exactly I mean SFW or non-SFW we shall see yeah yeah, I think my favorite right. one was I want to see Terence give a lecture about entitled spandex wearing cyclists, including a game plan on how to take them take them down. Oh, this one is like you don't even need you don't even need only fans. I will do that on a on a regular Saturday afternoon already. <laughs> you do it pro bono, <laughs> pro bono. Yeah, you do it pro bono. Yeah, <laughs> but I yeah, think there was another one. Um, that what was it? It was. ASMR video of Harish whispering omelette into the mic. Holy <laughs> shit, that one also I'll do pro bono. That one I'll do pro bono. Yeah, yeah. It's pro bono. Funny. But uh yeah, my my one shock thing is a post by uh Hayata Solo where where he just posted a few links of of uh, articles that go deep into the origins of the word alamak, uh or the the fact that even Japanese use the Malay expression alamak. And I just thought it was an, an interesting post because those articles are quite funny and interesting. And mm. and anytime like our subreddit brings up something that I never fucking knew existed or it's just an interesting piece of uh, knowledge, I always appreciate it. Uh. Mm. So mm. shout out to you, man. Yeah. Nice. Cool. And uh, cool. what is your one shock thing that you've also uh, taken time to experience the last few days? Yeah, so um, my one shock thing is someone that I've been watching on Instagram for a while, mm. um, and it is this parkour uh, proponent in Singapore, mm. um, and his name is Dinester, mm. uh, D E N E S T R. And I think I first started, I came across him a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but he just released like this this mini documentary. Uh, about a certain move in uh, that that he's been perfecting on the public streets of Singapore, uh. and parkour. For those of you who might not know, is generally the art of of using your body as a vehicle to move through urban infrastructure. Uh. So Correct. when you see people jumping off uh, uh, the second floor to the first floor and rolling on the floor and carry on running, that's that's parkour. Uh. It was a it was a sport invented by this Frenchman David Bellet, uh, mm. like in the early 2000s and this guy Dinesa he's fucking nut and he's so talented dude mm, like the mm. shit he does uh, in places that everybody will recognize like Chevron House and all it's insane mm. and his latest documentary is called um, let's see uh, what is it called Behind the Project Dive Roll uh, the Project Dive Roll like, is a certain move mm, so mm. he's he's dec- decently big on Instagram now he does parkour coaching and I just think he's so damn talented so shout out to him, man. Mm, that's cool. That's cool. You've seen his videos, right? Yes, I have. I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's insane, man. Yeah, it's really cool. So crazy. shout out to him. Yeah. And 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 what is your one shock thing? Uh, my one shock thing is uh, I guess it's, I mean, it could count as just a piece of news by itself, lah. But uh, the the fact that that Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, yes! over the weekend <laughs> announced that he is going back home to Manchester United, lah. And then uh, mm. it's a it's a one show thing for me, not because I'm a huge fan of Manchester United and all, but um, it's a one show thing for me because it has finally uh, validated my decision not to subscribe to watch all the other leagues and all the other European football leagues, uh. mm. Because right now I'm only subscribed to the EPL, and then at the start of the 
of the all the football seasons, I was like, oh shit, you know, do I want to subscribe to any others because you French know, or something like yeah, that? Because right? I can see, I can watch Messi in PSG, uh, or maybe La Liga. I can still see, I can still see some of the stars, or and then Serie A, I can still see Ronaldo and all that. But now that Ronaldo is in the EPL, right? It really leaves me with like I, I can't be bothered to watch everything else already. You know, all the all the best players, the best the best managers, all the best minds in the game are all concentrated in English football now. And and, and Harry mm. Kane, Harry Kane also decided he's staying at Tottenham and all that, right? So mm. I think the last big move probably will be uh, Mbappe to move from PSG to Real Madrid, lah. Which which mm. okay la, I mean yeah la, they 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 have very strong teams, but it's a it's very uncompetitive leagues lah. I find. In those countries, yeah. Whereas in the yeah. EPL, it really is 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 competition. Because I think even with Ronaldo, I don't think Manu is going to win the title. Uh. That's the crazy mm-hmm. thing. So 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 mm-hmm. it's it's. Um, I'm just glad that 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 debate was ended for me on my behalf by Ronaldo moving, by Ronaldo moving to Manu uh. and I can just yeah, yeah. sit back and just enjoy my 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 EPL football on weekends rather than worry about which are what are the what are the other leagues playing and everything uh. Uh, I'm so fucking happy <laughs> for multiple reasons. Why? Like. First reason is because I started watching the Premier League again uh, two weeks ago mm. and I am a Menu fan and yeah. there have been people who have called me a fair weather fan. Like, yes, and I yes, will admit yes. there's a certain truth to that. Like. Yes. So I'm glad I made the commitment to watch Menu before mm. Ronaldo moved because uh-huh. then that would be the ultimate fair weather fan. Like. So, yeah, yeah. so I don't feel that bad. And like fucking Ronaldo coming back, it's so awesome in so many levels because mm. Menu right now is playing like I just watched the game last night. They were shit football, mm. and mm. for the longest time, I've always thought there's no leader at Menu right now. There's no mm. Keane, there's no Cantona, there's no like uh, Yap Stam to just fuck everyone if they fuck up. Like, and I feel yeah. Ronaldo's gonna gonna be that person, and also. You know, previously when Ronaldo left the Spanish league, the Messi-Ronaldo rivalry kind of took a hit. They were in different leagues. And then a few weeks ago, Messi going to another club for the first time. Mm. I I was thinking, wow, shit, okay. Then the one criticism for Messi is that he's never left Barcelona. Mm. And now, oh shit, he's going to... He's going to leave. But Ronaldo... Ronaldo just did, uh, in my mind, a complete one-up. Like. Not only is he going back to going to another league, he's going back to the club that is not doing as well as it did. And mm. finally, he's back in the in the limelight again. And that rivalry feels like, okay, everybody's going to be watching how these two legends are going to be performing in their respective leagues. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm so and happy, man. I think it's very different from like when Thierry Henry went back to Arsenal for a while when he was old and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is yeah. Ronaldo who's still coming off like top scorer in Serie A for last season and everything ahead of Lukaku who's now playing for Chelsea, right? Yeah. So, so we, yeah. yeah, basically EPL took like the two top scorers from the Serie A and then brought them over and, 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 and everything. Like. So, uh yeah and and you know like when you say about that leader leader thing it, it's it's true uh, that that level of discipline and and focus it takes to you know still perform at such a high level when you're thirty six year old right? like even sometimes yeah. now when I sit down for dinner and then I'm like hmm should I have a sweet drink or you know a carbonated drink then I remember that you press conference Ronaldo. yeah I think at the press conference Ronaldo said <laughs> agua and then he shook the he put agua, the he yeah. put the other the the Coca Cola aside and then brought out water. Because then he mm. tells you this guy is a re- has real commitment to like staying a hundred percent tip top shape for his career, you know. So I think I think uh, someone like him will really like shake up the dressing room 
culture in Manchester United. Lah. Yeah, and, and he still wants to win, man. He's yeah. not coming to retire, you know, play one game. He's yeah. coming to win. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all I can say is that, you know, it's good that you remember Cristiano Ronaldo saying Agua and you not taking soft drinks. Then when I want to eat my morning vegetables, you always give me shit. <laughs> no, there's that's, that's a whole... Fuck no. You're, I'm also around doing, Ronaldo's age. You're doing that huh? same thing that they did with the Chinese privilege. You're just taking like one part of it and then like, making it out of context. <laughs> There's a whole larger context to the morning vegetables things, which includes about who prepares the morning vegetables for you and everything. Hey, fuck so, you, okay? I prepare my own morning vegetables, okay? I've always prepared my own morning vegetables. I know you don't like the smell of capsicum, yeah. but that's your damn problem, okay? This, capsicum is a, a wonderful much, vegetable. There's a much bigger discussion about this whole thing. Like. That's why I, I just, I feel like you just took it out of context by making it sound like I was against the health effects of it I'm not okay <laughs> yeah. but regardless we are both fucking stoked that Ronaldo yes. is back and wow I can't wait till sep- I think uh, after the international break he's going to debut potentially against mm. uh, Newcastle and holy yeah. shit it's going to be awesome September 11th uh, I'm mm. looking forward to that match uh, yeah. yeah yeah man okay man alright cool. cool thanks so much for listening guys and we'll talk to y'all soon peace